morning. There was a rich man who had a daughter that he loved very much. And he wanted to make sure that she had the best husband possible. So he went throughout the village and he invited all the handsome, smart, athletic, enthusiastic men that he could find that were single, of course. And he had them come to his mansion. And they met on one side of an Olympic-sized pool. And he stood there and he told them, I want my daughter to be married by the time I die. And I would like for her to have an incredible husband, for she is an incredible woman. And he went along, and he talked about each one, and he asked his servants to pull back the cover that was over the pool. And as he was talking about what he was looking for in a husband for his daughter, the men noticed that this pool was filled with sharks, crocodiles, poisonous snakes. And he told them, that the very first person who could swim across the pool and come out and stand next to him would receive his daughter's hand in marriage. So he went through and he had each person identify who they were and why they were there and give their a lot of information about themselves. Well, as he started to go across, over on this side of the pool, he heard a splash. And this man gets up above the sharks and he's jumping he's trying to avoid all the sharks and crocodiles and everything and he's panting and worrying and jumping well he gets to the other side and the old the rich man walks over to him he says my son you have shown great valor and you have shown great courage and you have received my daughter's hand in marriage and the young man was He says, I don't care about any of that. I just want to know who pushed me in. <laughs> Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful morning that you have blessed us with. Lord, we thank you that you've allowed each one of us to be here. Lord, I ask right now that you would speak to me, Lord that I might speak to your people. Lord, that also that you would bless each and every one of us. Lord, we know that we're not perfect, but we serve a God who is. Lord, we make mistakes. We sin. We fall. But we serve a God who loves us in spite of ourselves. Lord, we thank you, and we, we love you, and we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to date myself here a little bit. By a show of hands, who can recognize this face that's going to appear on the screen? Anyone know who that is? Wow, I'm surprised that there are some people my age that don't know who that is. That is Alfred E. Newman. And who can tell me what his favorite slogan was? Anyone? was in Mad Magazine, and his slogan was, what, me worry? If you'll turn your Bibles to Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew, 
I'm going to start with verse 25. I'll be reading from the King James Version, but it'll be the NIV up here. So, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put in. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, Yet your heavenly Father feedeth every one. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, nor do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God is... If God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In that uh, passage, he talks about the birds. Many times we're woken up by the sound of birds chirping. Sometimes it's annoying because you want to sleep in, but those birds don't get up and think, gosh, I hope I'm going to find something to eat today. Or, gosh, I hope I get together with some of my friends. They don't worry about things. They get up, they fly around, and the Lord blesses them with areas where they can go and feed. But the main thing is, they do their part. They don't worry about it. They do what God has made them to do. They fly. And they go to where they know there's food. And each and every day, God takes care of their needs. A lot of times we get stuck in a rut where we start to worry about things. Where is the money going to come from for the bills? Um, Is that little boy going to like me? Not me, but... You know, we, we worry about some silly things. Why isn't this person responding to my text message? Why isn't my boss responding to my email? Am I going to get fired? Where are we going to find clothes? Where are we going to find food? But all we have to do is do our part and put God first and know that he is going to take care of you in every situation. In the chapter, or in the book of Luke, chapter 12, basically the same story. But there's a couple scriptures that I want to uh, emphasize here. Verse 26. If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? If we can't add any time to our lives, or if, or if we can't add any height to our stature, we have no right worrying about the other parts of our lives. Give it to God. He will take care of it. Verse 32 says, Fear not, little flock, 
for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He takes delight in taking care of his children. It is his desire to give us the kingdom, but what is our part? We have to seek him first. Matthew chapter 13 talks about some of the effects of worrying. Matthew 13, verse 22. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. When you first come to the Lord, the enemy knows about your past. He knows exactly how you were. He knows what your weaknesses were. He knows what your strengths are. And he will bring those things to you even more than you could ever imagine to try to trip you up to get you back away from God and doing what he wants you to do in, his life, in your life for him. In Genesis, we read about how Aaron and Miriam were afraid that Moses wasn't going to come back down from the mountain. They were afraid and worried that the people of Israel were going to overtake them and, and basically lynch mob them because Moses went up on top of this hill to hear from the Lord and they're not seeing him back. So they're thinking, well, he's gone. Let's make ourselves another idol to worship. So they convince Aaron and Miriam to basically construct a calf made of gold. Obviously not what God's will was for these people. Adam and Eve were worried that God would see their nakedness and he would know that they had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what did they do? They hid. They hid from the very presence of God. Joseph was worried about what the people would say when they found out that Mary was pregnant. So he planned in his heart to basically get a divorce from her so that he would not be humiliated with the people that he was uh, living with. In all three of these instances, there is separation from either God or his will. So what is it like not to worry? Anybody know? Because I don't. Let's turn to the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 17. Verses 7 and 8 say, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreads out the roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So a tree, if it's planted near a water source, has no need to worry. Everything that it needs is right there. We need to be like that tree. We need to plant ourselves near the river of God 
and allow his water, his sunlight, his nutrients to help us to grow into strong trees. Abraham that believed that God's promises were true and it was credited to him as righteousness. When we worry, we are choosing our anxiety over God's promises. The Greek word for worry is marimna, which literally translated means care, anxiety, or worry. But the root word is marizu, which means to divide or separate. So marimna represents a mental state or a condition in which someone is so occupied with worry, and they're so focused on something so intently that it can cause them to be divided in their thoughts, and it it can cause them to be separated from their belief that God's promises are true and that he is in control of every situation. So what are the benefits of not worrying? What is it that we're missing out on? Let's turn to Philippians chapter 4. Verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When we choose not to worry, we're pleasing, or we are placing the situation in God's hands and declaring our faith that his promises are true. In Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. That's a pretty intense promise right there. He will never leave you or forsake you. Despite the situation, despite our fear of the situation, he will never leave us or forsake us. So the question we must ask ourselves is, when we put something in God's hands, can we leave it in God's hands? I don't know about you, but I'm sometimes a very impatient person. If I don't feel like God is answering my prayer in my timeline... I get a little nervous as the, as the deadline gets closer. I get a little nervous. But God's timing is perfect. Ours is flawed. So can we leave it in God's hands? Can you look at the fa- into the face of adversity and continue trusting that where you placed it is where it needs to be? and where it needs to stay. 1 John 4.18, I apologize, I know I'm reading a lot from the Word, but it's better that you hear from God than me. <clears throat> there is no fear in love, but perfect, perfect love casts out all fear, because fear has torment, and he that fears is not made perfect in love. In this verse, we read that if we have God's perfect love, 
it can and will cast out all fear. And since he has promised his perfect love to us when we receive him into our hearts, there is no need to worry or fear about anything. I've often had people say, well, how do I get rid of this worry? And of course, the pat answer is, pray. Trust in God. For some people, that's easy. But for other people, especially those with severe anxiety issues, it's a very difficult thing for them to do. Let's turn to the book of Philippians. Again, chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. But here is the intense promise. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. So we are to, number one, rejoice in the Lord at all times. Not just when it feels good, not just when things are going really well in our lives, but at all times. We are to be thankful for the prayers of God's people. There are many people who are here today because someone prayed for them, myself included. And the person who prayed for me isn't here today, he's on vacation. It was Pastor Russ. Russ and I worked together at McDonald's in Medina, and I was not a Christian, had no desire to be a Christian. I knew who God was. I'd been to church, fell asleep many times. And for me, it just wasn't a priority. But I didn't find out until after that that Russ was bringing me up in prayer at just about every King's Kids meeting. And God began to work through those prayers and changed my life and turn situations around in my life that caused me to realize that I wasn't as great as I thought I was. And that I needed some help in my life. Uh, The third thing is that we are to be content no matter what's going on, like I said before. And we are to remember that it is his strength, not ours, that will see us through. Going back into the Old Testament again, to the book of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 2, verses 22 through 26. For what hath man of all his labor, and of the vexation of his heart, wherein he hath labored under the sun? For all his days are sorrows, and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink, and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw, that it was from the hand of God. For who can eat 
or who, can, who else can hasten hereunto but more than I? For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he gives travail, to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. This also was vanity and vexation of spirit. We need to realize that our lives are a gift from God. And that all of our worries, all of our anxieties, all of our cares about meaningless things are exactly that. They are meaningless. And it all, the only thing it does is it separates us from God. It turns our focus to something other than God. So what should we do with worry? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 11. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject to one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered for a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Cast all of your cares upon him. It doesn't matter if you think it's a small thing. Because to God, he cares about every area of our life even from the, the tiniest little thing. You know, why didn't my husband return my text message? Why didn't my coworker make a comment about my haircut? Yeah, there are people who worry about the... Don't worry, Ken, yours looks good. <laughs> <He's>. <laughs> not ours, like I said before, that he will make us perfect in every way, just like him. Amen. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, the end of that first passage we read, he tells us that we need to seek him first and his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things that we worry about, all of these things that we pray about, will be added unto us. So we need to seek God first in all things. Psalm 56, 3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Put all of your trust in the one that we praise in every situation. Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Allow God to lead you through the cares of this life. Because if you try to do it on your own, you're going to fail. 
Just like the, uh, the new believers, when the seed was dropped in the thorns, the cares of this life, the worries of this world, choked it out, and that seed died. We can do absolutely nothing about the past. So let Satan have it. We can do nothing about the future. So give it to God. Today is the day that we are in, and we need to stay in it. That's what it means when it says, sufficient unto today is the troubles thereof. We have plenty of things that we need to deal with today. But if you put him first and seek him first, those things won't be troubles. You might have obstacles, hurdles, but with him by your side, they won't even seem like hurdles or obstacles. They'll feel like opportunities. My concluding verse is back in Philippians chapter 4. One of my favorites, by the way. So how do we keep from dwelling on fear and worry? Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. We need to refocus the way we think. Or as I, I, I don't remember who it was that said it, but quit your stinking thinking. Refocus your thought process until they line, realign with God's promises and God's will for your life. Now, does this mean we're not going to worry? No, because we're not perfect. But I admonish each and every one of you that when those worries come upon you, don't let them defeat you. Give it to God. Seek him first and his kingdom and his righteousness, and he will take care of the rest. I promise you that. If there's anybody here that is really struggling with with worry or anxiety, please come forward and someone will come and pray with you. I will come and pray with you. I know that I know many people who deal with severe fits of anxiety and worry, and I see what it does to them. And I know it, it's like a, a crippling fear. It's like having your hands tied behind your back and you're trying to do something with your hands. So give your cares to him. This altar is open. You know, come and meet God and deal with your worries in an effective way. There's there's really nothing more. I mean, the songs that we sang today were absolutely perfect, and thank you for playing the uh, Fear Not song. That song has always meant a lot to me. You know, I remember the first time we sang it when I first started coming here, and to me it was just words because I didn't really have a relationship with God yet. But each and every word in that song is true. When you walk through the waters, he'll be there. When you walk through the fire, he'll be there. And he has promised that he, was, he will be with us, for I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you.
Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the power that is contained in this book that you have blessed us with. Lord, we thank you that no matter what we're going through in life, all we need to do is call upon your name and we will be saved. Lord, all we need to do is put our trust in you and you will just continue to love us with an unconditional love. You are an awesome God. And we praise you for all that you have done, for all that you are doing now, and for all that you will do. Lord, help us to focus on today and give the future to you. In Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you this day.